Okay, good uh, morning, everybody. Welcome to the house of God. Thank you, band. Thank you, worship teams, as always. Thank God for all of you. Um, I have an announcement as we may we begin today. Um, today, we're going to leave different from the way that we came in, in Jesus' name. It's, all, it's already too late. Tell your neighbor, it's already too late. Amen. Uh, we have some things we're going to be introducing uh, today, and I'm uh, very excited about it. And I believe the Lord is, uh, is with, with us, and I believe He's helping us and, and guiding us. Amen. Um, <clears throat> Saleh has been uh, working us through this uh, series um, uh, built off of God, the, the statement that John made in Luke chapter 7. Um, and uh, he sent messengers to Jesus from prison uh, asking, are you the one that was to come, the one that we were expecting, or should we expect someone else? And uh, he talked about that this was such a, a contrary statement to John's ministry because this was the same John that said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was the one that was sent to prepare the way for the Lord. His whole existence was centered in this very man. Yet the same person is asking the question, Are you the one? And the reason he's asking the question is because the Messiah that he was expecting and the Messiah that he was experiencing were not the same. Particularly the fact that uh, from a prison cell, things look very different. Your perspective is a bit skewed. And so he was influenced by his, his condition. And what, uh, what Saleh was, was, was telling us and reminding us of is the importance of allowing God to be God. And that God's fulfillment of his word and God's fulfillment of his plan is not contingent on your interpretation of how things should turn out. He will always feel, fulfill his word the way he sees fit and according to his plan, not yours. Amen? Uh, and that was the tricky part for, for John, John the Baptist. And I kind of picked up on that last week, if you were here, and I, I talked about how um, there was two choirs. One was the choir of Exodus, and one was the choir of Habakkuk, and how the, the Exodus choir... It was made up of the children of Israel after they crossed the Red Sea and they scored perhaps the biggest victory. They witnessed the greatest miracle that had ever perhaps been seen, even to this day perhaps, when God literally opened a sea. Not a stream. Come on, somebody. A sea. They passed through on dry land, literally. And Pharaoh and his army drowned behind them. It was unprecedented, never before has such a thing occurred, nor after. And when they saw the greatness of God, Moses and the children of Israel began to sing, God is our strength. And rightly so, I think if I was there, I would probably sing some, maybe I would let a little bit, come on somebody, guraging a little bit. I don't know. It's like a big deal when this, this happens. The, the choir of Habakkuk was very different. There was no splitting of the sea. Forget splitting of the sea. There was no figs on the trees, no olive shoots, no grapes on the vine. Everything had gone, uh, gone to, 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 to kaputs. But Habakkuk says the same song almost. Both of them are songs, by the way. He said, the Lord is my strength. 
So here they sang, the Lord is my strength when he scores the victory. Here, when it seems that everything has gone wrong, he says, the Lord is my victory. And we talked about the difference between praising God because of what he has done and praising God for who he is. And Habakkuk understood that God is still God regardless of the outcome of the work of my hands. That God is still worthy of the praise. That God is still able to get me to the heights and enable my feet to be like the deer regardless of my my olive shoots and my olive groves. God is still God. So I'll praise him not because of what he does only, but I praise him because of who he is. We talked about how Jesus walked on on the water to the disciples on the sea in the midst of the storm. And, and he said to them in the midst of the storm, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. He did not calm the storm and say, it is I. He did not sort everything out and say, it is I. In the midst of the storm, with the storm, he said, it is I. Do not be afraid. Which means it's not the storm that should make us afraid. It should be whether or not the Lord is there. That should be. Uh, amen. Because the, I believe David said in the Psalms, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because I am bigger than the death, but because you are with me. Amen. So God with us is an advantage regardless of whatever we are facing. Regardless of how big the challenge, how, how fruitful the vine tree or how unfruitful. If God is with us, we will make it and his presence in our lives will produce for us more than any other investment, any other sheep pen, cattle, uh, cattle in the stalls, olive groves. God with us is always an advantage. We just sang about that this morning, you know, we could even be thrown in the fire. But if he is with us, come on somebody. The fourth man in the fire will cause us to be in the fire, but not to be burned by the fire. So, so we've been learning this and it's, an, it's a blessing to have the Lord in our lives. The question is, is to the, the degree to which we understand that. To the degree to which we perceive that. So we're going to be uh, talking about these things a little bit today because I think... If you're like me, these things are easier said than done. Uh, And uh, if you're like me, you might experience that it's a wonderful atmosphere like the one we're in now where the Spirit of God is here moving. The worship team is on point. The band is on point. The pastor is on point. I'm watching you. it's, it's easy to have faith in this kind of atmosphere, but faith is not for this atmosphere. Faith is for out there. I don't know about you, but it's where life really hits us, where we really need the things that we learn in here. And sometimes the joy that we have in here is severely challenged when we get out there. Life is hard. Life is unfair. Life can be challenging sometimes. And life can be of such a nature that it causes us to forget everything that we knew. I think there's an expression, and I really like it, when you lose your marbles. You think about that for a minute. Like, you know how marbles are, and you hold them together, but if you drop them, it's all over. Like, where do you go? Okay, maybe you're better at your marbles than me. Eh? But that expression is very, very powerful. Like, losing marbles means game over. And so I, I, uh, the Lord's been leading me uh, personally. Especially during this COVID time, I learned a few things and I, I'm going to be 
uh, introducing a program today, a new program for our church. I'm very excited about it. We've signed off with all the pastoral team. We've signed off with the leadership. We're going to be going in a little bit different direction, all of us uh, as a church family, because I think I've picked up on some things <clears throat> that's becoming very important uh, to our, our ministry, but not only to our ministry, but to, to, to each and every one of, of our lives. Amen. Um, can, I, can I break this down? All right. Go with me, please, to... John chapter 6 and verse number 63. While you're going there, um, I, uh, I was praying several months ago during COVID when we were not meeting. And I, I, it was really funny. Um, I just felt the Lord leading me. Why don't you just pray a little bit more? Stay here a little bit more. So I stayed there. And then while I was praying, he pointed me to this book that was sitting here. And I picked it up. It was a book I bought when I was in Uganda last time. It's a book by Andrew Womack called Spirit, Soul, and Body. And uh, it, 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 it is a synthesis of our makeup as new, new, new believers and, and who we really are in Christ. And the difference particularly between the flesh and the spirit. Uh, I'm a student now. And what they teach us about being a student is that you have to be very, very critical about everything that you receive. And so I, I think as I read the book, maybe there's some things I would have twisted a little bit more to be a, bring a little bit more clarity. But I think overall, this man has received a revelation from the Lord on spirit, soul, body. And uh, I, I saw the book and I believe the timing was just of the Lord. You know, a, there's a good book and then there's a good book in the Lord's timing. It's a difference. The same, same words different season, different interpretation because of the Spirit's help. And uh, I want to give you just a small synthesis of what I learned and then add some things that the Lord showed me uh, in addition to what I learned from, from this book for today's teaching. And then I'm going to launch the, the introduce the, the, the program that we're starting as a church. I'm very excited today. Did, did I say we're going to leave different? Did I say it? I'm going to say it again. Today we leave different from the way we came in. It's all over. It's too late. Um, basically, what we learn from this book, and it's a truth that we know, but all of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are victims of a two-birth experience. We are born of the flesh, and when we get born again, we are born of the Spirit. The day we lift our hand to say yes to Jesus, at that very moment when we believe in our heart, when we confess with our mouth, immediately God's Spirit comes and gives us that new creation. We are born of His Spirit. Amen. That Spirit of God that is in us, it is 100% authentic God. Just like the, the coffee from the, from the coffee machine. Come on, somebody. And it drips so pure, dark roast. It's just perfect. You don't add on that. The Spirit of God in us is 100% perfect. It is God. You don't improve on it. You don't take away from it. We are born again of His Spirit, period. Okay? That Spirit of God is in us. So now we have two births. We have a birth of the flesh. And then we have a birth of the Spirit. Amen. And we are both 
both living in the same house, fighting over the same territory. All right. Now, uh, uh, the 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 challenge for each and every one of us, and this is the lesson that I learned during COVID, is that we know that we are born of spirit. We know that we have eternal home in heaven. We know that we are children of God. There's no problem there. God lives. In fact, the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. It says that, in fact, 2 Corinthians 13, 6, that says that Jesus himself lives in us. All right? I didn't say that. This is what he said. It's what our Bible teaches us. So he lives here now. Our problem is that the, the difference between the two or the, the strength of the two, the one that dominates the other in our own lives is a result of our usage of time. It takes time to invest in the flesh. It takes time to invest in the spirit. Whoever wins the battle of time means that one will dominate the other. Flesh can dominate spirit even though we're children of God. Spirit can dominate flesh as the children of God. The difference will come down to our use of time. Let me give you an example. Uh, this, 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 I'm, I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you. So don't take this personally. This is how the majority of us uh, live our lives. We wake up in the morning. I don't know how maybe you take a, a shower or you wash or something. But you put some clothes on and get ready for the day. Flesh. We go and eat some food before we go outside. Amen. Breakfast. Flesh. We go and hit Addisaba traffic. Flesh, 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 flesh. Okay? We go to the office or go to the school and we are busy all day. Flesh, 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 flesh. We pause for a lunch break. Come on, somebody. Flesh. Mm -hmm. We're feeding the flesh. Okay? We go back to the office. How many of you have tea break in the afternoon? Okay, you eat it while you're working because work is so much. Either one, you're both in the flesh. There's no escape. Okay, flesh, flesh. Uh, at the end of the day, work is over. Hallelujah. We're back in that flesh to go home. The flesh, 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 flesh. But flesh is every. Then we get home and we are tired. What's tired? Flesh is tired. We eat some food to feed this flesh. Maybe you have kids, you help with the homework, or maybe you have to finish some emails and work that you didn't. By the end of the day, you're so tired, and now it's time for bed. You cannot even lift your head, but then you remember, oh, I'm a Christian. <laughs> you know, we just say, remember me, Lord, and we go to, go to bed only to repeat the cycle again tomorrow. Okay? Now, that same Spirit of God that gave us the new birth... He's still living inside us. Nothing changed about him. But the way we spend our time, it makes it look as if he does not even exist. It's not that he does not exist. It's just that the time exchange has gone in favor of the flesh instead of the spirit. As a result, it's as if he's not even existent. Yeah. So, so uh, if for whatever reason we were able to flip the script and give time to the spirit... Hmm. Mm. Lord, help me. All right, I want to go. Uh, well, we don't have to turn there. I'll tell the story. Um, uh, let me say one more thing about the flesh. I just wrote it down and I remembered. 
Um, one of the challenging things about the flesh is that the flesh is very good. In the flesh, see, because we were born of the flesh before we were born of the spirit, we're very comfortable and used, it's our default setting. It is our, our, our crutch that we hold on to. And in the flesh, we have learned how to put out fires. We've learned how to solve problems. Some of us are so good at the flesh, we can do so much. In fact, many of us, we go to school our whole lives only to build up our capacity in the flesh so that we can take up a big position with a big title in the flesh. Okay? We're good at flesh. We're proficient at flesh. And the challenge for, for us is that when the flesh hits something that it is beyond its capacity or ability to solve, that's when problems begin. That's when we start to get concerned. That's when we start to complain. That's when we start to even depression is the result of the lack of options we have to pull us out of this situation. So as great and strong and as good as flesh is, it is limited. It has limitations. And when we hit those limitations, that's when another great expression, the wheels fall off the bus. Or if you don't like what, that one, when you lose all your marbles. Okay. That's, that's the, the weakness of flesh. Now, if we could flip the script, something amazing would happen. The Bible tells the story of Anna the prophetess in Luke chapter 2. The Bible even tells her story. It's a very small cameo she makes in the scripture. She comes in and comes out. The Bible says that uh, Anna was a woman who lived with her husband for eight years. After her husband died, she did nothing. She was now 84 years old. She did nothing from morning till evening, but spent time at the temple fasting and worshiping God. Now remember what I just told you, time investment. Okay? She did nothing. Now one day in that temple, baby Jesus came into the temple to be dedicated by his mother Mary and Joseph. And they came to the temple. When Jesus was coming to the temple, Anna stopped everything, ran over to the baby and began to tell everybody about this child and prophesy about what this child was all about. It's funny, nobody else picked up on this. But Anna did because Anna had given her time to the things not of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. That exchange of time made her sensitive to the things of the unseen. It made her sensitive to the things of the spirit. We contact the spirit not with the tools of flesh and blood. We contact the spirit with the things of the, the spirit. Okay? I said John chapter 6 verse 63, didn't I? Okay, let's go there and look at this. John 6, 63. It says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives. The spirit gives. The flesh. Okay. Then Jesus says, the words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and life. So flesh, we have. Spirit, we have. The flesh counts for. The Spirit gives life. We contact and interact and engage the flesh with our five senses, with the sight, touch, feeling, all these things. We contact and engage with the things of the Spirit with the words that He has given us. Whew, hallelujah. So we cannot access spiritual truth through the senses. We access the things of the Spirit 
through the words that he has given us. Anna spent her time worshiping the Lord. It produced a sensitivity in her to know something in the spirit that nobody else knows. The spirit world was open to her while it was closed to everybody else. It was an investment of time. I don't think it mentions the way she used her time by coincidence. She did not, uh, she did not spend time in the temple, mind you, on a feast day, on a high holy day on a special occasion or on Sundays only, the Bible clearly says that this was what she did all the time. Meaning just like we go to work all day, Anna went to temple all day. And it created in her a sensitivity, an opened eye. Jesus put it this way. He said, let him who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. What's he talking about? Everyone has ears. No, there is an ear and then there is an ear. And you will know the difference because if you have been there, you will know. Hallelujah. He knew that not everybody could understand what he was saying. But at the same time, he knew that there was somebody in here who knows what it means. Oh, hallelujah. And so in the same manner, I believe that there's those of us who understand what I'm talking about today. That there is a spirit being inside of us, but we re it requires a bit of a time investment. All right, in in the book of uh, in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, it says this. It says how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. The promise was to bring them to their promised land, but He did not bring them to their the promised land. He brought them through the wilderness, brought them through the desert, and the the, the scripture says in verse two that He intentionally brought them through the desert to test them, to see what was in their hearts. All right? Now, at the end of that test, in Numbers 14, we get the test results. And what we find from the test results is that uh, all of them were good people. The only problem with these people was that they were led by the senses. They were led by the flesh. All right? And because of that, eh, they were always complaining because when the things that they were seeing, when the things that they were feeling, when the things that they were experiencing in this sense-filled world did not meet the requirements or the desires that they had, they turned that into complaining. So Numbers 14 says, as, as, a, as a final verdict, God says, not one of these children of Israel that I brought out of, the will, uh, out of Egypt, not one of them will possess the land that I have promised to give them. Not one. Yes, Azanel. Except for my servant Caleb and my servant Joshua. Speaking of Caleb, he says that he follows me with a different spirit. He has a different spirit, meaning everybody was together, but this man right here, not you, Misu, eh? this man has a different spirit. And speaking of Joshua, he says, uh, uh, of his servant Joshua, he will lead this people to possess the land that I have given them. So the army of people that came out, all of them perished in the wilderness except for two because they had this thing called a different spirit. And, and, and at the end of Joshua's life, whoo, hallelujah. It, it, speaking of, of, of the, the results that he produced. It says, speaking of Joshua, that not one of God's good promises to Israel failed to come to pass. Every single one of them was fulfilled. So let's do the math, okay? 
that means that the, the, the promise, the fulfillment on a, on a natural level, they possessed a physical promised land. That promised land was possessed as a result of a different spirit. Amen, Beluling Aizwachu. Okay? It does not just happen. He had a different... These two were separate from everybody. They had a different spirit. Then it raises the next question. How did Joshua, how did Caleb possess a different spirit? What was the secret? Okay? And we don't really have that much detail. But in the book of Exodus chapter 33, we have a small picture. Small picture. It's another small cameo just like Anna. And it gives us a small testimony of the life of Joshua. The, 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 the scripture gives the, the details of how God Moses built the tabernacle. And after the tabernacle was built, it says that Moses would go into the tabernacle and he would speak with God face to face. And after that, Moses would come. But it says, but his servant or his aide, Joshua, would spend his time at the entrance of the tabernacle waiting before the Lord. So everybody else was, you know, talking with everybody, you know, safarwari. Eh. Joshua, he was not part of that conversation. He was staying in the present time. Which tells me that time in the things of the Spirit has to be intentional. It will require an intentionality to invest time in the things of the Spirit. And it is not our default setting. It is not comfortable for us, it requires a little bit of sacrifice. Okay? Uh, I have a prayer, personal prayer program. Okay? I'm, this is what the Lord showed me. I have a personal prayer program that I do. I've shared it many times here called Tabernacle Prayer. I do Tabernacle Prayer. I cannot just get up and pray. I have to use this system. And it's how I access the presence of God personally. Okay? One thing I have found is that uh, before COVID, I would have to get up early before the phone starts ringing. Come on, somebody to do this prayer because I have things to do. Okay. Uh, so that was my, my habit. And I would do this prayer in the morning so I could hurry up and you know, drop the, 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 the kids at school and come to the office and flesh in the traffic and flesh in, in everything. Okay. Now, uh, uh, what I learned... Uh, well, this is how I, I would always do it. One thing I always am aware of when I do my tabernacle prayer is that almost every single time when I start, I do not feel like doing it. And to be honest, but I do not want to do it either. Okay. But I do it anyway uh, until the flesh no and the spirit yes. And after I'm done every time when I am finished, every time I leave with a very different uh, perspective than when I started. I feel the weight of whatever I was carrying before, it is no longer there. I feel lighter. I see solution. I see the promise of God. And faith that was not there is now fully there. Because what it's just a basically repeating and declaring over myself what God has said. And there's a secret to that. I learned that that's what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. If you cannot really encourage yourself in the Lord, then nobody, no band, excuse me, can really encourage you. All right? And so that was what David's secret, and it's something that I also learned as well. But my challenge is, is that before COVID, I was always racing against the clock. Okay, I got to finish up this prayer so I can go into the flesh and get the flesh to the flesh, so I can make it in time for the flesh, flesh meeting at flesh time. 
when COVID, COVID, it was a bit of a best blessing in disguise because there was no more going to the traffic. And, and so I began to experiment with this and I found Lekka, God's been waiting for me. He's been waiting for me in this place where I give him intentional time investment. Are you following what I'm saying? And it was so like it was like a personal level. Lekka, there was all this stuff going going around. Lekka, he has a word that comes from the mouth of the Lord that can change things. That you become sensitive and aware. Your eyes are open to things that were not there there before. Because spirit is always there. It's not a new spirit. The same spirit of God lives in us. The time exchanged caused the things of the spirit to become more open and aware and more sensitive to those things. Yeah, I, I, how, how am I doing? Yeah, so I've been doing this personally. When we came and started meeting with the pastors and started praying, uh, I shared with them the things I was, I was, I was fi- finding. And we began to put some ideas together. Everybody was uh, in, a, in agreement. Um, there has to be an intentional time investment uh, because it won't happen by default. Ephesians 5.16 says... Um, uh, redeem the time because the days are evil. The days are not good. The days are evil. So it tells me that if we don't do something with the days, evil will do something with us. Alright? Because the days are evil. And so it says redeem the time. And I found that all of us, no matter how great a calling, no matter how greatly gifted that we are, okay? None of our gifting is can replace the intentional investment of time. Okay? I can use the example of athletes. Athletes can be a wonderful specimen of athletic ability, but you ask any successful athlete, he takes that athletic ability and puts it to a training regimen. All right? As good as he is, he still needs to train. All right? And as people of God, I don't care if you're Archbishop so-and-so from such-and-such a Camelot, Gondar uh, Aksumite, ancient uh, whatever, I don't care what your heritage is, you could be called with the hand of God coming on and saying you are the one. You still need to put that work in intentional time investment to invest in the things of the Spirit. Jesus said this about John. He said, of those born of women, there is none that has risen greater than John. That's a pretty high compliment from a pretty high complimenter right he says no one's greater than john but this same john when he starts spending time in the prison he asks are you the one who was to come like uh from the greatest born among women symphony means the uh, lazy talk unexpected talk from such a great man but what happens is he's a great man but he's using his time to sulk in prison are you following? You still need to invest, man of God, into the things of the Spirit. Elijah, you know, I, I think there's a connection. The Bible says that John, he came after, or he came in the spirit of Elijah. And maybe that spirit also infected him a little bit as well. Because Elijah was also a little bit of a, a, a double-faced prophet. If you remember the story, this man called down fire from heaven. 
like not a you know holy ghost fire but like a literal fire came from heaven consumed the sacrifice licked up all the water the whole nation saw this miracle and fell on their face he turned the whole nation to god come on somebody i mean you could have a revival service but the whole nation on their face proclaiming the lord he is god that's a that's a pretty good successful ministry all right he was a great man of god he did great things but the very next day jezebel sent a word and that word says and woe be it unto me if by this time tomorrow the fate of Elijah will not be like these prophets of Baal who were killed after that and Elijah heard that word it messed with him so much he went running for 40 days how many days that's an investment of time and are the days good no the days are evil halfway the angel stops to give him food what are you doing i want to kill myself he is suicidal time investment so he's a great man of god who's using his time poorly and he's now reached the conclusion that i think is better to kill myself all right he's still a man of god samson was a nazarite commissioned by god himself set apart okay nothing changed about his calling nothing changed about his anointing but he spent his time chasing skirts come on somebody hmm And so at the end of his life there was this confusion mix of flesh and spirit that his the end of his life was not what God had scripted but the flesh got the better of him your calling is good it comes from the Lord but it does not replace the intentional investment of time in the things of the spirit your flesh is your default setting it happens automatically your spirit investment requires intentionality it requires a decision to say no to the flesh domination and say yes are you following what i'm saying yeah it does not happen by chance it does not happen just because you're a child of god you need to invest time and i've been really experimenting this with with in my personal you know i saw what happens you know how the flesh and the days are evil i saw it and i saw you get these funny attitudes where did that come from time that anger that bitterness man of god where did that come from time all right it's everything is exchanged but at the same time that peace righteousness peace and joy that things that makes you levitate above the pro- the problem so the fact that even though the problem is there it's no longer lord over you you see solution you see the victory of god you see it's the see that's why i like live church like this better than youtube church because everyone who came here you made an investment of time you told your flesh i'm not staying home i'm going to you brought your drag your flesh to the house of god and see that atmosphere when we're in this atmosphere of faith what i'm saying it's hitting home now not because of the change in the word but because you made an investment to be here your spirit is open to receive i don't know about you but even me at home watching my own message is like you're laying on the couch and you put the thing on lord did i say that lord okay what's happening it's it's not that the word is different is that my flesh has been the default mode of flesh is so comfortable it's challenging to receive the things of the spirit yeah so our flesh deceives us we even have flesh based christianity okay 
We look good, we say the part, but we are governed by our feelings and our senses. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm talking about the reality of how it is for each and every one of us. And if our flesh dominates our spirit, it will be the, 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 the flesh counts for nothing. Other translation says the flesh is dead, but the spirit gives life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's very easy to preach in this atmosphere because flesh has been told what to do today for this congregation. And that's why everyone can say amen when I preach. Okay? If you're watching on YouTube, okay, you can say amen if you want to or not. It doesn't really matter because, it, I mean, I'm not saying God cannot use it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that this is different because we have primed our spirit. Hallelujah. And our spirit is ready and our spirit is engaged. So, having said that, I want to introduce the program that we are uh, going to be starting in our church. I'm very excited for this. Um, and we'll be launching it not this week. We're just putting the final touches on it. But um, uh, the following week, week we're going to uh, introduce a program called Prayer Unusual. Everybody say prayer unusual. Confessions. Uh, we, we would always say the usual is over. Remember that? But have you noticed how even after a while, the usual is over becomes usual? Have you noticed that? Like, we come up with the usual is over. The usual is over. The reason is, is because we're saying it out of the flesh that we drag in here and we have to take some time to build. I promise you, if we do confessions at the beginning of service and at the end of service, we'll have a very different experience because the spirit has been given dominion as opposed to the flesh. This is a fight for every single one of us. What we're going to start is a prayer unusual program. We're going to start a prayer program where we pray from Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday morning every single week. Not on a holiday, not a special designated fasting, not on Christmas, not on Easter, not for Africa Rise. Every day. Like Anna. Anna did not wait for Passover to start worshiping the Lord. She worshiped. Every day is a day to worship the Lord. The days are evil. We've been called to redeem the time. Okay? And what we're doing, we've actually designated a special place. Now, everyone is not saying amen because your flesh does not want to hear this. I know. We've designated a very special room here in the basement of the new building. We're just going to come and take the, the spirit of Anna and start to sensitize ourselves to the things of the spirit. We're going to pray and seek God together as a church. We're going to have designated times for English prayer and Amharic prayer because we found that people pray best in their, home, in their, their, their own language. But we're going to start a strong, mighty intercession movement that we have not had or not seen be before. We're going to tell our flesh where it belongs. And we're going to give sensitivity to our spirit. Not only that, but we're going to have big boards on the wall. And what I'm advocating is that we bring the boards and put them here every, every Sunday for all to see. We're going to have on the first board all the prayer requests. Some of you have stuff that you've been praying for for a long time, but you're living morning to evening in the flesh. 
going to put unsaved family members, uh, 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 cases that need to be closed, dramas that need to come to an end, uh, healings that need to take. We're going to write them all here. Then on the second board, we're going to write all of the answers that God has given us according to these prayers with the dates to start showing the progress of what God has done because he's a mighty God and he many times we miss what God is doing because we don't record it properly. The third board is going to be everything that uh, the words that God has spoken to us. We're going to write it on the third board so we can govern our lives and pattern our lives after what God has said. Amen. Uh, um, this prayer program is needed because uh, number one, I, I shared with you how this personally uh, uh, helped me, but I realized that when when we get born again and born of His Spirit, we are automatically citizens of heaven, just like what Jesse said earlier. Our home is in heaven, amen? But if you notice that when we get born again, God did not take us to heaven right away. He intentionally left us in the earth. The question is why? Okay? I believe he left us in the earth to do some business for him before we go. To sign some deals in the spirit realm. Yeah, to go into the spirit, see what's going on, eh? sign this contract, close that deal, open this door, close that door, work in partnership with the spirit to bring his kingdom down. Okay, let me use biblical language. Uh, it says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth is also loosed in heaven it's hard to do that when we're running in these evil days with the flesh all day long I mean, we don't even know what to bind or how to bind and so what ends up happening is we end up talking the same stuff that everybody talks for example our nation is in a little bit of a difficult crisis right now okay and it's a little bit confusing and twisted all right, And it's the worst thing for us as children of God with the born again spirit to start talking like everybody else is talking. Whatever is wrong in the natural. See Hebrews 11 verse 3 says that by faith we understand that what is seen did not come from what is visible. But what is seen it came from the unseen. So everything seen is a result of something going on in the unseen. That unseen dominion is the responsibility of the believers. It is the responsibility of the church. We are the ones who go into the unseen and we bind, loose, tear down, build up. And after we finish all of the business in the unseen, it becomes seen in the earth. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Example, like we have our own testimony. When we purchased this land, this tabernacle, it was not a tabernacle. It was just a field. Okay, And, and there was no evidence of anything going on and we began to pray every Saturday we would come here early in the morning some of you remember and we would come just here in this corner right here it wasn't a corner it wasn't a stage it was just a field and we would pray and in almost supernatural speed this building came up and it was done in the in the spirit amen and now I look at this new building it's halfway completed uh, and I think what we need to do is go into the spirit world unseen and bring the finished parts of this building down. Mm -hmm. from, our, from our personal lives to the national life. Yeah? That the testimony of God spoke even over this continent of Africa. You know, the, the more we've been involved with the Africa Rise movement, the more we see the nature of the complication of what it is of this thing called Africa. The kind of mess 
the, 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 even I dare say it, the demonic agenda that is rolled out across Africa. The more you see it, the more you say, where, where do you start? No, no, no. We'll go into the spirit. Hallelujah. This thing is beyond flesh and blood solution, political solution, economic solution, development aid. This is a spiritual problem. Stop talking about it and let's go up to the spirit. God said redeeming nations in righteousness. All right. As crazy as that sounds, if we go into the spirit, we can bring that thing down. And we can cause those things that are to be on earth as it is in heaven. It does not happen by default. It requires a spirit of Anna to get in the presence of God and start to do some work in the, in the, in the spirit. To engage our spirit man to bring dominion over the flesh. Go into the heavenlies and be sensitive to what's going on. Hallelujah. Anna would have never known what was going on on that day when Jesus came to the temple unless she was Chimed, t- tuned in to the Spirit of God. And Anna, Joshua, Caleb, they were not born again because the born again experience had not been given to them yet. It came after Christ Jesus rose from the dead. That was the first time Jesus says, I'm going to my Father and your Father. He couldn't say that before because all were under the curse of Adam. We are now under the, not under the curse of Adam, we are under the blessing of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it seems like there's no such thing because, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying quit your job and come pray. I'm not saying all this thing that you're doing is a waste of time. No, everything has a a place and and, and value. The body also needs to be fed. I'm not saying stop eating. All right? But the purpose of this body is to serve the purposes of the spirit. The Bible puts it this way. We hold this treasure in jars of clay. You take care of the jar of clay according to its ability to hold the the treasure so give the priority not to the 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 clay but give the are you following what i'm saying use your time according to what's and so what we we're talking about different strategies i know it's not going to be possible for everybody we have a a prayer room that we've established at the basement we know it's not going to be possible for everybody to attend but we're talking about different options of zoom options for people can join wherever you are bitcha we're going to be known not for our band Thank you, Ben. Not for our, our worship team, not for the preaching, not for whatever thing that maybe drew, drew you to this place. From now on, we're going to be known uh, by our prayer. <laughs> prayer is the difference between our church and the original church in the book of Acts. If you look at the scriptures when the church was born, they prayed every day. Every day. They had flesh, they had spirit, we have flesh, we have spirit. They prayed every day, we go to traffic every day. That's the only difference. All right? If we give our time to the things of the spirit, I believe we'll see the results that they, they, that they saw in our time. This vision, I, I believe, just like what it was said of Joshua, that not one of God's good promises failed to come to pass. For us, for our church, for the city, this nation, for this continent, redeeming nations in righteousness, I believe not one of those good promises will fail to come to pass. But it does not happen just because we're called. It does not happen because even we received a word from the Lord. It, becomes, because it comes as a result of our investment in the things of the Spirit, intentional investment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as of next week, we will give you the exact uh, directives and how you can participate wherever you are. Um, And uh, I believe 
this nation. You know, we have a testimony. I shared this in VIP. We haven't had VIP in a long time. Uh, Abba is on the board with uh, this Church Growth International with Dr. Cho in Korea. <clears throat> and I've had the privilege to go with Abba two times to Korea to see. Uh, and it's a, quite a blessing to see because um, uh, that nation should not be where it is now. Okay? Um, it, it was over 60 years ago in the Korean War where Korea was actually one of the poorest nations in the world. Aid was given to Koreans from Ethiopia. Come on, somebody. Uh, Ethiopian soldiers would give rice to the poor Koreans. Okay? Uh, at about that time, okay, out of that poverty, Pastor Cho started his church with five people. Not 50 people, not 50,000 people, five people. But they started praying. And the church started to grow as the people prayed. They put the emphasis not on their ministry. They put the emphasis on prayer. Uh, we went and saw this. They have uh, uh, everyday prayer meeting at 4 a.m. What time did I say? Lord, help us all. Okay. And when you come, it's not like three or four old mothers just walking around. No, it's a church service. It's like packed with band and everything every day at... Okay. Now, it sounds a bit crazy, but when you look at that, what they're doing is they're getting dominion over the things of the Spirit so the Spirit can rule over the natural. And has it worked? I think the evidence is, is that it has. Hmm? Uh, when we went, we were amazed to see uh, not only a blessed country, it's one of the most wealthy countries in the world right now, but the amazing thing about Korea is that they don't even have any natural resources like some other countries I know. Or continents for that matter. It's actually just a rock, an island peninsula in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. But do you know, like for example, Korea, South Korea, it's the world number one exporter of oil. And there's not a drop of oil in Korea. But when you get into the spirit, you see solution. You see uh, innovation, the creative power of God. So what they do, listen. So what they do is they import raw crude oil they have the world's biggest refineries come on somebody they refine it and export product of korea all right and, and you just see how god has blessed iraq not because and when we went we were so blessed because you know uh, they they invited us to the grand prayer rally the grand prayer rally was held at the world cup stadium and the the whole stadium was packed with people and we were told that just as many as people as in the stadium there's people outside that could not get a ticket to get in i got in bless god all right but the amazing thing was that while we were this was uh, several years ago during the uh, obama administration i'm not saying anything political i'm just saying obama wasn't president at that time but um uh in the prayer meeting the president of korea came on the big screen and he gave a message to the people who were praying and he said I am sorry I could not attend the prayer rally today. I was so looking forward to be with you. Not the president of the Rotary Club, the president of the nation. And he said, the reason I was not able to attend is because I had a, an, a meeting with President Obama. Please excuse me, but I want to appreciate the efforts of Pastor Cho and the church prayer movement. I have been affected and I have seen the nation grow through the prayer of God's people. And he said, I myself get up at 5 a.m. every morning to 
invest time in my spirit because I realized that it is an important part of nation building. My, my point being that a nation can be redeemed eh, in righteousness, but it does not happen just because we are saved. It does not happen just because we're called. It does not happen even because we have the Spirit of God in us. A time investment is required. I believe some of you have loved ones that's going to come into the kingdom radically in the next few weeks. I believe some of us are going to experience breakthrough in the natural radically. Things that have not been movable, they will be moved easy. Okay, on a national level, our testimony, our testimony as a nation will grow from confusion to blessing. Amen. I believe, and this is not because we got a political strategy right, a, 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 you know, a development solution, whatever. Let everybody run around, do what they think is best. We will also, as the people of God, do what's best. Hey, this is just a reminder. Have you subscribed to our Telegram channel? Not only will you find important announcements but also access to our daily devotionals, family devotionals, and much, much more. We also want to take this moment to thank you for your generosity and faithfulness throughout the years. Not only is your giving a fragrant and acceptable offering before God, but Paul in 2 Corinthians 9.12 describes it as an expression of ministry. And it is that very ministry that allows us to continue to put our hands to the plow together in the work of reaching people with the message of God's grace and love. You can give through four different avenues. You can stop by your nearest commercial bank or Braham Bank and deposit your offering into the account number on the screen. You can also take advantage of either bank's mobile banking apps. For those of you who have international major credit cards or debit cards, you can give online on our website, bezachurch.org. And you can always stop by our accounting office on the PK Building 5th floor, and they will be happy to serve you there. In this extraordinary and unusual season, we appreciate you going out of your way to give. Thank you. God bless you. Bemecharasham, and neger lastawsachu. Yebeza Telegram channelin join yadergu. Betelegram, yebetekristian mastawakya bichasahon, yeletawi yegzeber kaltanat, yebet sebtanat, na, lilo chachachar negorochin yagenyadlu. Bezi, menfesayuetun bemegge, yitku. በመጨረሻ ለእግዚአብሔር በታማኝነት እንደቃሉ አስራትና መባቹን የፍቅር ስጦታችሁን ስለምትሰጡ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ ለእግዚአብሔር የምትሰጡት ስጦታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ዘንድ እንደ መልካም ማዓዛ እንደሆነ ቃሉ ያስተምረናል ይብቻ ሳይሆን ሁለተኛ ቆሮንጦስ ምዕራፍ 9 ቁጥር 12 ላይ እንደሚያስተምረን ለእግዚአብሔር የምናቀርበው አገልግሎታችንም ጭምር ነው ይሄው አገልግሎታችሁ በእግዚአብሔር ያገልግሉት እርሻ ላይ አብልጠን እንድንዘረጋ ሰዎችንም በእግዚአብሔር የጸቃቃል እንድንدرس የሚያደርገን አብረን የምንጠመድበት ያገልግሉት እድል ነው ስትሰጡ ባራት መንገድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ አንደኛ በቅርባችሁ ወደሚገኝ የኢትዮጵያ ንግድ ባንክ ወይም ብርሃን ባንክ በመሄድ ሁለተኛ በተለይም በዚህ እንግዳ ጊዜ በስልካችሁ በሚገኝ ሞባይል ባንኪንግ አፕ እንድትጠቀሙ አብልጠንን መከራለን ከኢትዮጵያ ውጪ ላላችሁ ወገኖቻችን ደግሞ በሜጀር ክሬዲት ካርድ ወይም ዴቢት ካርድ በመጠቀም bezachurch.org ድረገጽ ላይ በመሄድ መስጠት ይችላልላችሁ በመጨረሻም በቲኬ ኢንተርናሽናል ህንፃ አምስተኛ ፎቅ ላይ በሚገኘው የቤዛ ሂሳብ ክፍል በመሄድ ለተሰጡት ይችላልላችሁ በዚህ ባልተለመደ እንግዳ በሚመስል ጊዜ ሁሉን አልፋችሁ ለእግዚአብሔር ሥራ ከሌላው ጊዜ አብልጣችሁ ስለተዘረጋችሁ እግዚአብሔር ይባርካችሁ 
እንወዳችኋለን እግዚአብሔር ይጣበቃችሁ ፊቱንም ያብራላችሁ